Welcome to another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmerica RV. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lou. Make sure you visit them right here in the heart of Joplin on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So visit their website at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Not a matter of if, matter of when you're going to need that oil change. No, it's tire service. So make sure you get that taken care of right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. And welcome back to uh, Mic'd Up to myself uh, after a nice little <laughs> holiday break. Uh, it was interesting to sit back and listen to a show that I wasn't on. Uh, but oh, you thank did you listen to it. Shoot fire. For, uh, yes, I had some family obligations, as you said. Uh, it's interesting being married again and having in-laws and traveling for the holidays. <laughs> so doing that, hitting the road, uh, but it's nice to be back. So much football uh, happened during that time that I've been away. And even in the last week, uh, a lot of it happened last night. We had the college football playoff where our favorite team was playing in it, but also Alabama versus Michigan uh, and obviously Texas versus Washington as well. I think a lot of people were upset at the playoff committee to start. I don't know how anyone could sit there and be upset about the four teams that made the college football playoff now after those two wonderful games that come down to the last play in both games. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't know how anyone could be upset anymore about uh, Georgia deserving a spot or Florida State deserving a spot, anybody else. It feels like everything is the way it should have been as far as the committee goes. I, I definitely agree with you. And, you know, even with Texas losing, it was still such a fantastic football game. And personally, mm-hmm. I think it opened my eyes to just how real – Washington is you know I think it's kind of one of those deals where I've just been overlooking them <laughs> the whole season where it's like okay like they're probably going to lose to Oregon you know in the middle of the year and just it is what it is it's like oh they'll probably lose to Oregon in the Pac-12 probably lose again yeah and it's like <laughs> they beat them and it's like all right they're here in the you know this championship game like Texas got a good defensive line you know their offense can score pretty significantly they can run the ball well and it's like as the game's going on, and I, we'll get into Michigan and uh, Alabama here in a second, but that Texas-Washington game and watching Michael Penix just do it. He, he's just done all season, but he's just continued to do it. Mm-hmm. Is he just made every single play. And, like, Washington's yeah. defense was the same way. They were everywhere. They just they stalled Texas' offense in the third quarter, and then offensively for Washington, they just had the ball, I think, for 12 minutes of the quarter. Um, and even Stark did it in an intergame interview, you know, with uh, one of the girls' sideline reporters, and he was just like, yeah, we didn't have the ball in the third quarter. Yeah, we the ran five plays. Like, yeah, we got five <laughs> plays. It's like, oh, my God, like that's just ridiculous. And the thing with Washington is every time they wanted to take a deep shot and they took it, it was a perfect throw, and it was an even better catch. Like, it just, you know, some people would be like, well, how is it going to be a perfect throw and an even better catch? It's like 
because the the receiver is like covered like really well by Texas, it feels like, but they're not like reacting that the ball's coming their way. They're still running down the field, and all of a sudden it's just a late reaction type of catch, and it's just so well done. And then the Texas defenders like, where's the ball even at? You know, and then it's the one that happened to, to Rome right there at the end of the game along the left side of the field. Defender didn't even know where the ball was. He's looking back, and Rome's already caught it. It's like, damn. Mm-hmm. It just it was play after play, and it's kind of one of those deals where I think we should maybe go to your point here in this argument of let's do the Heisman Trophy voting at the end of the season. Like, yeah. Because, like, Michael Penix, that, that's that's the Heisman game. Like, all the he way finished around. Second. I know he had a he great finished. season, but, like, damn. Right. He finished second in Heisman voting. I think after last night's game, he's going to get some more votes after that. And his yeah. season's not over. He still has a national championship to play for. Um, we're... Jaden Daniels, he's not even playing anymore. Like he didn't play the bowl game. Maybe he would have if the Heisman were still up for grabs, and maybe that's a thing too that they can look at. I, a lot of people are upset about the number of opt outs. Uh, Florida State was down a whole squad of guys. I think they were down like twenty four players that opted out, and I get why. Maybe if the Heisman were still up for grabs now, you would have some more guys playing in bowl games. It would be a little more exciting. Um, but I, I definitely think when you look at it as far as Michael Penix goes, because if he balls out again in the national championship game, then he should have won the Heisman. I mean, like I said in the beginning, we are Texas fans, but looking back at like the Vince Young, Reggie Bush year, yeah. Reggie Bush definitely deserved to win the Heisman, especially when it was voted on. But I think if we would have waited a couple weeks, Vince Young should have won the Heisman. He won the national championship. He had the touchdown to win it. And there's probably some other f- similar stories, but it is it, it feels kind of wrong that Michael Penix played the way he did and that we're not voting for the Heisman right now because he was lights out. That Washington offense yeah. was phenomenal. I, I know that even on the broadcast, or it, maybe it was somebody on Twitter, kept comparing it to like the LSU offense. I don't yes. think that it was that good, but it was just as efficient of like, okay, if they want to throw the ball down the field, they're going to throw the ball down the field. And Texas had nothing to stop it, nothing to slow it down. I saw a tweet, too, that said this game is going to continue to be close until Washington realizes they can do whatever they want to on offense. Because all they had to do was throw the ball deep, and they were completing almost all of them to uh, any receiver that the ball was thrown to. They were just – they were so good. They almost – they made a Washington fan out of me. Like that's I will be rooting for them in the national championship for a lot of reasons – one is their play. I, I think that they were really exciting. They they had a good game plan, but also just I like that we're getting somebody different, that it's going to be Michigan or it's going to be Washington. It's not going to be Alabama anymore. And Alabama came to play. They had a very good game, but Michigan comes out on top after I thought they were going to give it away in they special teams. Away. or yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they made a lot of mistakes too. I think they're going to have to clean that up against Washington. But they played very well. They continue to be the number one team. They're undefeated. We get two undefeateds in the national championship game. Uh, but it was it was a good game, too. And the Rose Bowl is such a good atmosphere for games. I, Kurt Herbstreet said earlier today, like, the national championship game should always be played at the Rose Bowl. I can get on board with that, too. Like, let's start voting for the Heisman r- later in the year. Let's put the national championship in the Rose Bowl every year because that is just such a beautiful setting and and it has that feel of a college football game it's not like watching it in the superdome or you know in atlanta it feels like a college football atmosphere 
It absolutely does. And I think another great part of it is always the overhead shot of the, mm-hmm. the equal split of fans. Like that one last night for Alabama and Michigan with the stealth bomber, but like that was just such a sick picture. And to have that every year, like that could be just a tradition of college football to look forward to of like mm-hmm. what two fan bases are going to fill the halves of the stadium. And yeah. it's always a magical setting. And Kirk said it last night in the broadcast, or maybe it was part of his tweet too. Is like, the sunset here is perfect. He's like, I remember living in the Midwest and watching this football game and being like, what, like, this is a sunset? Like, it's just gorgeous out there. And the views are just immaculate as well. And the games that are take place there always just seem to be thrillers. And speaking of this game with Alabama and Michigan, what an absolute disaster in terms of offenses. <laughs> I expected Alabama to do so much more and have so much more control in the game, and they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. And then with Michigan, it was like, why are you guys not able to get anything going? Mm -hmm. It was almost as if Alabama said, hey, J.J. McCarthy, if you are such a good quarterback, let's see you make something happen. And he really didn't, like if I'm Mm -hmm. being honest. And even with Harbaugh's comments at the end, like this is the greatest Michigan quarterback in college football, like that's played at the university, not Uh anything afterwards, right? Because everyone's going to be like, what about Tom Brady? That was into the NFL. But at Michigan – like, the stats do kind of prove that point. It was like, man, if that is, like, the true case scenario, then why didn't he have a bigger impact on the football game? Mm-hmm. And he threw three touchdowns. So, like, his box score looks pretty decent. But they weren't – a lot of it was run after catch and stuff exactly. like that. So or it was a two-yard dump off in the mm-hmm. flat to receive that had come up. I'm across. happy for J.J. McCarthy. I don't really see it with him. I, even as, a like, a draft prospect, I, I don't get the whole first-round – vibes that a lot of other people do i just i don't see that may and maybe he will be i mean i i definitely didn't see it with brock purdy i thought he was gonna be trash uh he's pretty good he's threw a lot of interceptions a couple games ago but he's pretty good uh so i just don't see it with mccarthy maybe uh we'll get to maybe they'll open up the offense a little bit more in the national championship game uh, I, I last game of the season type deal leave it all on the table i don't know uh, but I just don't see it. I, they're not that creative of a football team in Michigan. I, they're probably going to win the game like in a very boring way if they win. Like they will just give Blake Corum like twenty five yeah. carries. He'll have like ninety yards, not a great average, and two touchdowns, and they'll find a way to win. They they win, but it's ugly. But they win. Isn't I mean. It was saying, like, right there at the end of the game, you get the ball in overtime, you go score, mm-hmm. and then defensively for Michigan, it's like you stopped Jalen Miller. Like, you stopped what needed to be stopped, and you held mm-hmm. Michigan – or Alabama, excuse me, to a point of, like, ah, there's just not much else we can get rolling this way. And, again, with Alabama, it's, it's frustrating, and it's got to be frustrating as an Alabama fan to just watch them continually mess up their own drives, continually mm-hmm. deal with stuff that should be cleaned up from early in the season or before the season even starts. Like, you're dealing with low snaps and – and issues between yeah. center to quarterback or any false starts and stuff like that. It's like, come on, guys. We're, yep. you know, you're not professionals, but at the same time, you're like, you're elite college football players. You play this in is the, the SEC. SEC. Yeah. yeah, like it, it, it does mean more. Uh, and so, you're, like, your snaps is where everything mm-hmm. starts. So, yeah. and it was, it was crazy to watch because it's this is a college football playoff. You're going for a national championship, and on that last play. I really questioned the play call. I thought, like, why the hell would you run that? That's your play. You've got four yards to go. That's your play that you want to run. And then you see a lot of guys breaking it down on Twitter. Like, if he gets that snap clean, yeah. what they called was there. 
yeah. but he didn't get the snap clean. Uh, maybe he panicked a little bit because he didn't, and he didn't hit his cut. Whatever. I can't believe that like a bad snap is pretty much what lost you the game because it happened over and over and over yeah. again. It was just it's crazy that something so small can affect a game, and that's why you always hear coaches say like uh, three phases of the game: offense, defense, and special teams. And like special teams is always the one that gets dumped on. Nobody thinks it's important until you muff a punt, until you miss a snap, <laughs> until your holder messes up. <laughs> special teams are pretty important. It's it's crazy, but uh, Alabama comes out, or sorry, Michigan comes out on top. They get to play Washington. I already kind of said it. I'm rooting for Washington. I just, I want that storyline. I like the way they play. They're an exciting team. And also, what a just slap in the face to the Pac-12, too, of like, <laughs> yeah. we might win the national championship in our last, our last season as an actual conference. Is there any way TV networks like, you know what? No, because it doesn't matter that all these schools have already declared they're going elsewhere. It's too late to yeah. turn, right? No oh, way yeah. you're coming back. They're gone. <laughs> <laughs> they're gone. Um, so looking forward to like these two matchups, you know, those are what they are. But I think this Michigan versus Washington game, and you brought it up a little bit ago with LSU um, in just the amount of talent that's on this Washington offense is I think in a couple of years, we're going to look back at this game and be like, Holy cow, the 2024 national championship game had this many NFL like quality players on as starters, like Washington's wide receivers, your quarterback, offensive lineman for Michigan, defensive players for Michigan, JJ McCarthy, you know, Blake Corum. I just, I think there's so many guys on the field that are going to end up making the next step to the the NFL where we're going to be like, holy crap, like Washington, like just Washington alone. We're going to be like, they had all of this on offense. Like I didn't even mention, mention Johnson for Washington. Yeah. Hopefully he's going to be all right, be able to play. Oh, I felt awful for him, God, even during the you game. Could, you could hear him screaming right there mm-hmm. at the end from his injury. And it's like, oh, my word. And yeah. Let me ask you this. Why the hell did Washington do that? Why didn't they just run the ball? Like, Or why didn't they just take knees, take the timeouts, and then run the ball? I don't know. I, I it didn't was such get bad decision making. Yeah, I would have taken the knee. I know you're trying to run a little bit more clock and, and take time off, but now you've got a running back that's hurt. You really like it worked out for him. They won the game, but man, if they would have lost that ball on a strip, a, you know, a fumble, and then you get field position the right there. One. Yeah, got flipped up like that, and you then mm-hmm. the camera pans over to Sark, and he's like, punch the ball out. But yeah, it just close moments even, like that. There was one tackle, I don't know if it was in that last series or not, where they were like, oh, well, he just held him up and he couldn't get him down. Nope, that's what he's coached to do. He's coached to hold him up mm-hmm. so that the second guy can come in and try to get the football. Like, that's what they're trying to do right now. But um, Hats off to Washington. But I did think Texas played very well, too. Like I was a little bit upset that they lost the game, but I was glad that they finally showed some fight, that they didn't just yes. roll over and die and just get their asses kicked. Uh, they actually came back and played very well. It was a very exciting game. Um, it sounds like Quinn Ewers is going to be back next year for Texas. Uh, those running backs are going to be back. A lot of their offensive line is going to be back. Like they've they've got a really good chance. I was just laying in bed, not sleeping after the game, and thinking like, who's been top twenty five for next year? And I think Texas really has a good opportunity to be number one going into next season, just based off really? what they have. Coming back, I mean, you're bringing back your quarterback. Who else is? You look at the teams like Washington's losing everyone. Everybody. Yeah, um, Michigan, they could be losing their coach, their running back, their offensive line, maybe their quarterback too. 
Like Michigan's got a chance to be number one, uh, depending on who comes back. Alabama, they're they're bringing back quite a bit. They're bringing back Milrow, but I don't know if that's enough to be number one. one. Georgia brings back a lot as well. I think they can be number one. Um, Just uh, do that over again. Have them be number one to start the season. Um, But I I really think Texas might be up there. Like Ohio State lost a lot of guys. Mizzou's going to lose a lot of guys. So just looking at like those last top ten teams, Ole Miss might be pretty good. Yeah. They're going to bring back yeah. some dudes. It's like I'm. This is. Um, I'm already getting excited about next season. So I'm kind of glad you just came into that naturally because I've been wanting to ask you, and I knew I, I know I said I was going to go. We were going to go into this national championship game, but I kind of want to stay here with Texas and just be homers for a little bit because who are they bringing back weapon wise aside from the running backs? Because you're losing you're losing your tight end. And, and Sanders, who I think is going to be a great talent in the NFL, mm-hmm. and then Mitchell, who's kind of like sneaky big, you know what I mean? Like he, yeah. I think he's definitely going to the league. Um, and then Worthy, we all know he's just got that elite breakaway speed and speed mm-hmm. after the balls in his hands. Um, so they're gone. But like, who does Texas have coming in that they can go? Okay, hey, this is going to help us take it to the next level and be even. I think more they'll hit the pass attack. They'll hit the transfer portal probably and bring in some guys. Uh, I know there's a receiver out of Texas A&M that they're really trying to get. Um, I don't know if he's committed anywhere yet, but he was a five-star. And then Jontae Cook is a freshman. They've got some people kind of waiting, but I, I think they'll probably still try to hit the transfer portal. And then you're bringing back a lot. You're bringing back four starters on the offensive line. That's you are only losing your right tackle if you're Texas. And then your your running backs that you saw play last night. They're all coming back. Um, and then you're also going to get probably get back Jonathan Brooks, who tore his ACL. Uh, I think there's some question marks about what he will do uh, with his future since he's going to miss so much time. So he could come back. But even if he's not, I mean, C.J. Baxter I thought was incredible last night. Uh, Jaden Blue got some opportunities and played very well. He had a big fumble, uh, but he played very well. So Texas has a lot coming back that's, that's going to be pretty impressive on defense too. Uh, they've got some guys that are probably going to come back. Uh, Tavondre Sweat, their big defensive tackle, he's a senior, so you're going to lose him. But Texas has a lot coming back. Um, I think more than probably the other three teams that are in the Final Four here, uh, actually. Confidence through so. the roof. Thank you for that. I was <laughs> they are losing nervous. a lot. They're because losing a lot, though. My worry was, you know, next year you're going to the SEC where all these games are, you know, again, SEC it does mean more, but these are all tough matchups. That they have now, that they have now, and and they play Georgia in the middle of the year. Georgia's going to be good. Like I think it's a night game. Um, I believe they play like they got Arkansas. Like, there's just there's so many games next year where you look at it and you're like, fuck, like you guys can't slip up next year. Like you got you've got to have it figured out and you've got to be clicking. We can't be going into the fourth quarter here, going like, all right, Quinn, like make a play. You just I would like it to be in a situation where we look at Texas and I don't think they're just going to fly to the SEC. I don't think that at all. But, boy, would it be nice. <laughs> yeah, I think they can have a very good team coming back. And, you know, I mentioned uh, Michigan. We'll see what happens with them. With Harbaugh, what's he going to do? What's J.J. McCarthy going to do? Uh, you've got a backup running back. I guess you kind of call him a backup running back. And Donovan Edwards, he could come back. So Michigan could be a top-ranked team as well, or they could have a mass exodus where everyone – Leaves And a lot of the big news this week was that Jim Harbaugh hired an NFL agent, that he's going to kick the tires on NFL offers. And it just seems like he's just sick of 
the NCAA and doesn't want to deal with that anymore. And he might go back to the NFL. And I can't blame him for that. Uh, especially like, if you get a national championship, I think it's easier to say like, okay, mission accomplished, going back to the NFL. Don't want to deal with recruiting anymore. I'm going to go do that and try to do what my brother's doing in the NFL. Where, I mean, where's that destination? Is it the Raiders? Like, does well, the Raiders lock? The Chargers. Chargers seem to be hot on his tails already. And it was interesting, too, because people are already connecting dots that they moved their practice to SoFi Stadium, where the Chargers play. So maybe the Chargers were already doing some talks, maybe getting some looks at Harbaugh and what he's doing. So the Chargers seem to be like the betting favorite right now to land him. If that it's a big if, if he does go back to the NFL, I don't like that at all. I would be happy with like the Patriots. You know what I mean? I'd be cool with that. Maybe Chicago is like, we'll fire our coach, come come be here. Then he's in the NFC, and you don't got to worry about him unless you meet him in the Super Bowl. Um, but I just, yeah, don't really want the Chargers or the Raiders getting good, getting good coaches. Yeah. It's kind of, and it's crazy too. I know a lot of people. I've been talking about it, too, because the Ravens are the number one seed. They have clinched in the AFC. That's his brother. Like, Jim and John Harbaugh just dominating this year. It's it's a good year to be a Harbaugh. Like the Ravens look – they look like one of the only, like, really good teams this yeah, year. Like it feels like, you bottom, know, the last couple of years. Yeah, it's been like the Bengals have been really good. The Bills have been good. The Chiefs have been dominant. This year, it doesn't really feel that way. It kind of – maybe I'm wrong. But it kind of feels like the Ravens and maybe the 49ers are like the two only really dominant teams. And uh, they're going to be the one seed in the AFC and the NFC. They've got a decision on their hands this coming weekend, too. Like, do you play your guys? Do you sit your guys? I, usually I'm like, a, you should probably play your guys a little bit. I think I'm getting away from that. Like, with Lamar Jackson, he's one run away from not playing in the playoffs. You You probably sit him. In my opinion. Yeah. And I like that makes sense, but at the same time, it's like, okay, if he sits this week, he's then going to sit next week because they have the bye. Mm-hmm. And then you're coming into it of, okay, hey, we've got two weeks off. It's going to take you a little bit to kind of get things rolling again. And does that just kind of dismantle everything you've done? And yep. to me, it's I think I believe in that mindset more than the other of like, oh, these guys are professionals, they'll be okay. It's and I get that, but it's all about being in a rhythm and staying consistent. And if you're playing this well of football, keep rolling, like keep that train going, like don't stop it now because it takes a little bit to get the to get everything rolling. Like if you're already humming, choo choo baby, let's keep it let's keep it going. <laughs> and if you're the yeah. Ravens and the Niners, that's exactly. It. And the Niners lost a couple weeks ago. Like yeah, Brock Purdy, hey, tough interceptions. You guys came out this last week, though, and made up for it. And the same thing with the Ravens. You know, tough or big win a couple weeks ago. You come and play Miami this weekend. I was like, hey, I think this is going to be a little bit of a close game. Turn it on. You're like, oh, shit. No, it's not. It is not at all. This is all the Ravens. And Lamar Jackson had an absolute dominant first half, carried into the second half as well. But then it was like, okay, now the Ravens' defense is here to show up and play. And that's what really scared me is that, okay, hey, the defense is now – clicking and rolling and mm-hmm. things are just humming as for them as well but like, when you look at other teams here in the afc like the bills i'm starting to get worried about the bills the the browns the bills are hot <laughs> the browns are getting hot too joe flacco 
he's just got a pure effort mindset. Like, what are you going to do? Bench me? Release me? Like, <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to sling the sucker. <laughs> and guess what? It's a great throw. And <laughs> it's just stunning to think that we've reached this point of the year where we thought the Browns were pretty much done with the injuries that they had kind of dealt with. You mm-hmm. thought the Bills missed their Super Bowl window. They fired their offensive coordinator. And it's just everything's <laughs> doom or gloom, and you're back to gloom. It's just nuts for the Bills. Yeah. In the Bills-Dolphins play this weekend, I can't even keep track of when games are after this past weekend. Like, games are on Saturday, they're on Sunday, then we had games on Christmas Day. I had no idea when games were being played. And then, like, surprise, we still play games on Thursday, so that one snuck up on me too. Yep. But the Bills and Dolphins, I believe that game is on Saturday. Is that right? No, it's Sunday night football. So Bills and Dolphins, the winner will clinch the AFC East, which is really cool. Um, And then I do love that the NFL has done this where they put it in primetime. It's your your last game. Winner gets the AFC East title. That should be a really exciting one, obviously, for a lot of reasons. But also because you have both teams kind of at full strength now. Like the Bills beat the Dolphins once. So I think they've got that chip on their shoulder. Both teams do of like, okay, we already did it once. We can do it again if you're the Bills. And then that just bad taste in your mouth if you're the Dolphins of, man, this is the team that beat us before. We want to win the AFC East. This is not something that we're used to doing in Miami. And they've got the real chance to do it. Um, so that one, uh, it's good job on the NFL of putting that one in Sunday night primetime. There's just so many playoff scenarios this weekend, too, that I can't even keep track of, like, who gets in if they win. Like, I was trying to look to see who wins, like, the NFC South. Oh, my God. They are, like, all tied. The AFC South is the same way. It's like nobody wanted to win this division, so it's come down to week 18. And there's just so many different scenarios. I I think if the Buccaneers win, they can get in. I think they win the division. Yep. If the Bucks win, they win the division. Mm-hmm. But if the Panthers play their Super Bowl like they're supposed to, and Bryce Young plays like a number one pick, and they beat the Buccaneers, and then Atlanta beats the Saints, Atlanta wins the division. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. And yeah but I if the Saints Miami, win, and I need Miami to beat the Bills, is this a parlay? I need the Jags to win as well. <laughs> it's a big parlay. Talking like thousands of dollars parlay. <laughs> I saw somebody put out their New Year's resolution. It was like no more fifteen leg parlays. Not me, dog. I thought of I you. Made my, I made my list a little bit ago. We're still going strong, and now it's uh, man. I'll tell you what. I laid. I was sitting there in Kansas. I helped move my sister this weekend. They lived in Kansas, so when there was down parts of like, okay, hey, they're still finished back stuff up. What am I gonna do? All the games were going on on Saturday too. I'm looking at my bets. Like, I'm making live bets right there. I'm making crazy parlays. And I was like, you know, I saw the guy this last weekend get like 40 grand on any time touchdown scores. I can do that. Mm. That's easy. No problem. I got too greedy. I got <laughs> way ahead of myself. I started getting multiple guys scoring touchdowns in the same game. And uh-huh. the worst part is, is that Montgomery scored instead of Gibbs. And if I would have gotten Gibbs and then Amon Raw St. Brown, I was on a hot streak. And then. Gibbs didn't score, of course, so it was dead <laughs> pretty damn quick. But it was to win $12,000. And I was like, it ain't 40, but 12, it's good. You know what I mean? I'll take it. Just 10 bucks, no big deal. <laughs> it's like every, I was watching everyone else hit. 
and make the bet except for Gibbs. And then it came down to, like, I think Sunday where Bijan didn't score and then uh, someone else didn't have, like, a passing touchdown. I don't. I think it was Josh Allen or something didn't have a passing touchdown. I was like, how in the hell do you not? Like, how is this the week you don't have a passing touchdown? But outside of that, like, my, my parlays are not dead. That's not going away. 2024, we're getting even stronger because the thing is we've hit some smaller ones and now we want to go big. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you bet on the on Texas to make it to the playoff. I that did. That hit for you. $200, baby. You got some <laughs> out there. You mentioned the Falcons, and we're kind of talking about them. I still can't believe they're 7-9 and nine right now. Like, they have a chance to make it to the playoffs. But their guys, like the big-name guys that they have, are just still not getting the ball for some reason. Like It's like they're against it. Like, yeah, like, like Bijan like, Robinson's – Mm-hmm. Bijan has 948 rushing yards on the year, but he only has 200 carries. Like the backup running back has 180. Why is Bijan splitting carries in Atlanta? In a top 10 pick. <laughs> like, yeah. Explain that one. In the game that he sits out, it's a random illness that kind of just popped up. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? It's just. Yep, and I know have they don't have a lot guy, of great he looks quarterback like a guy play. That doesn't get sick. <laughs> like, no, he's a freak. no chance. I don't know what happened. And he's a good dude too off the field, so it's not yeah. like he got in trouble. And then you look at Drake London, like sixty-five catches on the year for eight hundred yards and two touchdowns, and then Kyle Pitts, fifty-one catches, six hundred yards, three touchdowns. What? Are, like, do better if you're Atlanta. I know that Desmond Ritter. He's probably not the next Joe Montana or anything like that, but like. Get your guys involved. You've only thrown, as a team, 15 passing touchdowns in the whole year. 14 rushing touchdowns. Like That's almost embarrassing coming from yeah. a coach that was an offensive coordinator. It's not like you have a defensive-minded guy calling plays. But this You've got a previous offensive coordinator. That has Derrick Henry like, in his prime. And you had A.J. Mm-hmm. Brown as well. And Tannehill was playing really good football at that point in time. But when you look at Desmond, I think the thing with Desmond is, because I've been paying attention to the Falcons this year because of the stupid freaking parlay, is they, they get in the red zone. It's like they get in a position to score. And then it's it's as if they go, what's a stupid way we could turn the ball over here? Do we want it to be like an interception? Do we want it to be a deflected one? Do we want to fumble a snap? Do we want to fumble a handoff here? Do we just not even want to freaking pay attention while we're carrying the football? You know, like those dive across the end zone, gets knocked out. It's like Ravens, or excuse me, like Falcons. Like, what the flip are you guys doing? But then again, it comes down to the play calling. Like, you have all this elite talent, like all these top ten picks on your offense, and they are not the focal points. Right? Yeah. Like you, like insane. You're not targeting Drake London or Kyle Pitts. And maybe like that's a good thing. You should probably not like go out to say like we're going to get you so many touches a game. But you would think you would say. All right, we got Drake London. We're going to put him in position to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. We're going to give Bijan Robinson so many carries or touches so that he can get into a rhythm and we can kind of run our offense through him. It's just, it's not. I don't know. Atlanta's been very disappointing for me. And I want to see them be good because I like those guys that they have, those three, like, on the verge superstars that they have at the skill position. The offensive line's been pretty decent. Uh, just figure it out at the quarterback position, which is so 
much harder than it sounds like, hey, just hit on the quarterback spot and then you're good. But they're just good enough to where they're going to be kind of out of the range for a guy like Caleb Williams or Drake May. Right now, if the season ended, they'd be drafting ninth overall, which is like maybe you can get a quarterback. Maybe there's another one, QB3 there. Jaden Daniels, maybe. I, I don't know if I'm sold on him either. He's just so small. So I, I don't know. I would have loved to have seen Caleb Williams in a Falcons jersey. Like You should have just tanked for him one year because it would have been epic with those guys on the same offense. It really would have been. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking and getting a little crazy with it. Jim Harbaugh in uh, San Francisco. Colin Kaepernick ran that kind of little bit of an offense. A little mm-hmm. read option, let him run the ball, go make things happen. Could Jim Harbaugh to Atlanta kind of be something? If, like, let's say they trade for uh, Justin Fields and Chicago decides, yeah, we're just going to restart uh, this franchise and just get a quarterback on another rookie deal and see if we can do things the right way here? Or do they just decide to take a guy like Michael Penix or Daniels, like you mentioned, and say, okay, hey, starting over fresh here? Yeah, I think with Harbaugh, I think he's going to go somewhere a little more established. That's why I think the Chargers, too. Like, you have Justin Herbert there. So I think it would be that. Or maybe, like, the Bears, if they wanted to go after him just because he played there and they have the top pick. Do you think so the I Chargers, think that he's going to go somewhere like that. Do you think he'd be out on the Chargers just because that, you know, I say this, but you never know with the way they've played this year, that division just feeling so secure for Kansas City? No, I mean, look at Sean Payton. Yeah. You know, yeah, well, I, Sean Payton's kind of looking like to be a bad coach. <laughs> I mean, ever since he like <laughs> left New Orleans, kind of like, yeah, you know what? You're just kind of a shitty person. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we didn't even talk about it, like benching Russell Wilson. That was a mm-hmm. big shock for me. I did not see that one coming. Like, he hasn't played that poorly. Like, yeah. really, he hasn't even played like you still have a poorly. chance in playoffs. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not you're out of it. You're still in it. And, I mean, I am Jared Stidham's biggest supporter. Like, it's his mom and then me. But he shouldn't be starting right now. <laughs> like, it's, this should be Russell Wilson's job still. And I'm not a Russell Wilson fan. But, I mean, he's thrown for over 3,000 yards. He's got 26 touchdowns to only eight interceptions. His completion percentage is uh, 66. And he's 7-8 and eight as a as a starter. Like, those are pretty good numbers. Yeah. And he got benched for some reason. <laughs> it was very surprising uh, for me. But you know what? Good for my guy, Jared Stidham, because I still love him. <laughs> his biggest fan is his mom and then me. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Broncos seem kind of dead, but, like, back to where we're at here. And, let's you know, we mentioned Chicago a little bit. Locked in the number one pick. Where do you think they go? It's tough. I and Are you a Justin Fields guy? Are you a believer in him still? Because it seems like a lot of people still believe in him. And I kind of get it because, like, they locked in the first pick. But they aren't that bad. They're 7-9. and nine. Like, they got the Panthers' first overall pick. So, with Justin Fields, it is, it's tough. I would probably move on from him just that because like what's the, out there. the right move. But, like, at the same time, it's – you want He's to stay still like, young, though. He is, but you also want to look at it and be like, okay, Justin Fields, you've had two solid, you've had two years to be a starter, improve to be a leader, and take over. We haven't necessarily seen it. Like DJ Moore, you know, he comes in, he had a career year this year in terms of, I believe, reception yards and touchdowns, and it wasn't anything massive. I think he's got like thirteen hundred yards receiving. 
so that's good. But at the same time, you're sitting here looking at it, and you're just going like, Geez, we expected more. You have like three. You have a trio of running backs. You have Cole Komet at tight end, who has shown a little bit of promise. DJ Moore is really about your your serious receiving target that you have. But outside of that, nothing's really panned out. And defensively, you got a bunch of young guys that are stepping up and making plays at time. But then it's like when you look to your quarterback, it's we're not seeing enough consistency there to th- go. Yeah, we're going to roll into this, and then we'll pay him mm-hmm. a massive contract in another two years. Like you're not going to get that with Justin Fields, and if and if that is the case, and that's the mindset with it, then yeah, just start over with the rookie quarterback and get the guy that you want. If you have the number one pick, do it. You know, do what you need to do to figure out who the guy is, and then make it happen. It doesn't sound like the return for Justin Fields would be great either. Uh, I thought I yeah. saw a tweet earlier today that said you could get him for like a second or maybe a third. Um, or, really? you know, a second and maybe throw in a fourth with it. Like, you're not getting much back for Justin Fields right now. So I think they're going to really have to do some evaluating to figure out what it is they want with Justin Fields because like, he is young, but you don't want to give up on a guy too soon. Because if you are the Bears and you're sitting there and you can trade back a little bit and you can get Marvin Harrison Jr. and you can get um, a left tackle to go with him or a pass rusher to go with him, that's a good haul. I mean, they already have the number one pick, and as of right now, the number 10 pick. They're going to have some pieces to build around. And they've done some things this year. I mean, they're not bad. They're 7-9 and nine right now, so I, they're a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tricky because usually you have a team drafting number one overall. You just say, yep, quarterback sucks. Move on from him. But this isn't the case because this isn't their pick. I mean, even like the Cardinals, uh, we thought they might have the number one pick. They have the number four pick right now. They have even kind of kicked around the idea of like, hey, who's going to be our quarterback? And I did see that their head coach came out and said, like, number one's our guy. Kyler's our guy next year. Um, That's cool. I also heard the Arizona Cardinals say that Josh Rosen was their guy. Um, He was not. (laughs) Social media team even put it out. Yeah. We got our guy. No, you don't. Uh Yeah. So, I don't know. This like we're getting into the off season, which is very exciting. There's still so much to do. So like the Bears starting it all, that's a tough spot. I I think they probably shop Justin Fields though, because Caleb Williams is just too good to pass up. I, I think he's better than Trevor Lawrence. I think he's better really? than Bryce Young. I think he's better than a lot of these other quarterbacks that have been like no brainer first overall picks. Do uh. Do you really think Caleb Williams is going to be better than or will be coming into the league better than Trevor Lawrence, like right off the start like that? Yeah, I do. Do you think I Trevor think Lawrence is special. getting kind of bust territory? No, I kind of bust. question you there, but then like when you think about it with them, it's uh, man, I don't know. He's just he's really not developed or become. I mean, he's not that really superstar he that everybody thought he would be. That's for sure. Um, I hand up. I did too. I thought he'd be amazing, but. He's been good, and Jacksonville's much better now, but he's still, he's not Joe Burrow, Yeah, and that's kind of what we thought he would be, which maybe that's unfair, because Joe Burrow has been amazing when he's healthy, but Trevor Lawrence or Kyler Murray, who's better? They're both top picks. I don't think either one of them's really a bust, but neither one of them has either... Do you say do you say Lawrence just due to the fact that Murray's been dealing with injuries? And his team's still good. <laughs> so I, yeah. I kinda lean Trevor Lawrence. 
Has Murray won a playoff game with the Cardinals? Has he made a playoff game with the Cardinals? I think. I thought they made it as a wild card, but I very well could be wrong. Yeah, I don't even remember. But I, I think I would go Trevor Lawrence. Okay. But I'm not a and Kyler then, guy, so never have been. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there, honestly. Um, so, okay, if you're you're Chicago and you go Caleb Williams, I think what's your next pick? Like four, something like that? Like you're getting two ten. top five. It is ten? Yep. Where are you going next? Offensive line? Yeah, there, and there should be some pretty good offensive linemen. There's one out of Penn State that's really good. Uh, Fashanu, and then one out of Notre Dame that's really good. And the great thing, if you're Chicago, is that those quarterbacks are going to affect things. And there's some yeah. really good receivers as well. So, like, if you are the Bears and you want to get a left tackle or you want to get a wide receiver one, you should be able to walk away with one of those. They're probably pretty happy with DJ Moore. But it, it wouldn't hurt <laughs> to bring in another guy or to bring in a left tackle or, like I said, a pass rusher. There's a lot of good options for Chicago. Mm-hmm. I know I said it last year about them. They're in, like, good shape because a lot of their needs you can get in this draft. And it happened for them again. So, I I don't know. Maybe you do just roll with Justin Fields one more year. I don't know. That's like that's an ownership decision. Do you yeah. want to invest one more year in this dude or do you want to go after Caleb Williams? I still lean Caleb Williams because I think he's amazing. If you um, land Harbaugh, you're you're getting a new quarterback, right? You're yeah, I would think so. The guy that he wants. Yeah. Yeah. What if he picks JJ McCarthy? <laughs> right. Nope. <laughs> uh, never mind, Jim. Uh, you can stay at Michigan. Actually, um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think he will go to an established team, though. But like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Really? Like I. I don't think he's going to go to the Washington Commanders. Like the Patriots, I could see, though, maybe. And that's, that's what I wonder. That's not a good roster. No, but, I mean, if you're, are you going to get general management control? Like, are you going to be able to you do might. that? You might. They might throw it at him and say, hey, got it. He probably he do does. I think he had some in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. You got the Chargers job. That's open. The Titans would pick at seven. I don't think they'll get rid of Vrabel. The Jets' job, I think they keep Sala. Falcons' job, probably keep it. The Raiders' job is an interesting one because yeah. he was tied. It kind of rumored to the Raiders as well. I think Pierce keeps that job. I They've looked does. really good. Like they have that. Like when you think of the Raiders, and maybe it's just me being a kid. Like that Raiders-Chiefs Chiefs rivalry, like it, it meant a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like that was a hard fought football game every time you watched it. Like you knew, okay, hey, Raider week. As of late it hasn't really meant that much. Like, you know, you could tell John Gruden was trying to kind of get it back that way, you know, and they won the Kansas City, they took the lap and everyone got pissed off about it. I mean, I kinda, you know, said my own piece with it too, but at the same time it's like I loved it because it brought so much more meaning back to it. And then when it came to Pierce, like he's an Oakland guy, Oakland kid, grew up a Raiders fan, now you're the head coach of the team. You're playing in Kansas City, and your message is, is just go beat the tar out of these guys. Yeah, right on. It sucked <laughs> yeah. to watch Kansas City lose that football game, but you could tell the Raiders just play after play. It felt like they were playing with more meaning than the Chiefs were, and that's why mm-hmm. they won. Oh, for sure. It, I mean, they're winning games with Aiden O'Connell starting at yes. quarterback. Like, it's, it isn't even Jimmy G out there 
like winning games for him. It's Aiden yep. O'Connell. And like Josh Jacobs is missing games. He's injured. It, okay, here comes Zamir White to rush for like 140 <laughs> yards. Um, they, they've been playing very well. Yeah, we've got a lot of friends that are Raiders fans. Talking to some of them, it's like they question it. Of like, okay, he hasn't really beat anyone good yet. But then you beat the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. So now it kind of feels like he's deserved it. He, he's definitely earned that spot of like, you gave me the chance as the interim coach. I'm winning games. And the locker room is responding to it. And I, I think that they probably give him that chance next season. Like you beat the Chargers, you beat the Chiefs. Somehow you lost to the Colts, but that's whatever. You beat the Chargers, <laughs> you beat the Chiefs. That should be enough right there. Yeah. Sign, like, the thing is, though, with their owner, he's just going to go do something stupid. Yeah. What is that yet? We don't know. But I can almost guarantee you it is going to be really dumb. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe they do still make a run at Harbaugh, too. I mean, there have been interim coaches in place before where it's like, hey, he should get the job. He's done a really good job. And then they go in a totally different direction. Or I don't know why, but it reminded me of Tim Tebow. Like, man, he played really well in the playoffs. And he's going to be our quarterback of the future. Psych, here comes Peyton Manning, and they win a Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it's whatever. (laughs) Uh, You and I were talking earlier today about this crazy uh, thing that I I overheard it on. I think it was Colin Cowherd. And Nick Wright was on, and he was talking about coaches that could do both win in the NFL and college football. Um, So it's a little game we're going to play. You need a coach for a team. But you do not know if your team is an NFL team or a college football team. So you need a coach that can go and do both. And so like a couple of names that come to mind, I think immediately are like Bill Belichick. He is going to go down as one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. There's absolutely no way Belichick can sit in a living room and recruit. So, like, he was immediately off my list. And, and, like, he hasn't done a good job lately. So he was immediately off my list. And even, like, going to the college world and looking at Nick Saban, yes, he can do it in college. One of the greatest college coaches of all time. Didn't do such a great job in the NFL, though. Um, And a lot of this is brought on by Jim Harbaugh who has done an outstanding job at Michigan, even though at times he was on the hot seat and almost fired, had to take a a reduced contract, but he's also led teams to the Super Bowl. And so, like, if you had to take a coach, you don't know if you're going to be in the NFL, you don't know if you're going to be in college, but you've got to get a coach to coach your football team. Who are you rolling with? You want me going with the number one pick then here? Yep. I'm only going to take him because I'm worried you will. Um, and that's why I'm taking Tomlin. You're a son of a bitch is what you are. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people will be like, what about Harbaugh? You just talked about it. I'm like, Dad, I'll take Tomlin. <laughs> he just continues mm-hmm. to, to do it year in and year out in the NFL. And I think you put him in a living room and you let him talk to some parents. And it's like, hey, this is what I was able to manage in the NFL. You know, these big personalities, never an issue here. Mm-hmm. But we let yeah. guys be there. We let guys be them. And go make plays, and it brought us a lot of success. Yeah. I think he's already he would eat that up. Yeah, he's already like a player's coach in the NFL. He's very well respected. Guys want to go play for him, so he would have been my first overall pick too. And once again, somehow this year, 
17 seasons in a row, he's not going to have a losing record. But this should have been the year. Yeah. Like Kenny Pickett has been not good, and he got hurt. So you're rolling out there with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, and now Mason Rudolph, who I don't even know was still in the league. Yes. And the Steelers are playing well, like maybe even better with Mason Rudolph than they did with Kenny Pickett. So <laughs> like it's, it's absolutely crazy. deciding to run the ball well. It's like, where's that yeah. been all year for my fantasy team? Um, <laughs> but it's just like, okay, look at the Steelers. Yeah. Steelers are just going to do what the Steelers do. Uh, let's do a snake draft, though, so you go ahead and go again. I'm And I'm going to go with a Harbaugh, but not Jim. I'm going with John Harbaugh of the Baltimore Ravens. Ouch, Jim. <laughs> I think that he can do everything that Jim does recruiting, but I think he's better at the X's and O's. Like, they were even talking about it a little bit on a sh- something I was watching today, of like Jim Harbaugh getting in you know, a, little bit of, uh, a little bit of a hot seat at Michigan. And then calling up John and being like, what do I need to do? How do I fix this? And John Harbaugh pretty much fixing that Michigan defense. The strength of that Michigan team is their defense now. And I think that's because of John Harbaugh. And I think that he could also sit in living rooms and he could recruit just as well as Jim Harbaugh does, if not better. So for me, I'm going with the guy who has the uh, number one seed in the AFC, and that's John Harbaugh. Absolutely love it. And then your next one? Next one, uh, I'm going back to uh, Texas guys. Kyle Shanahan uh, is my next pick. I was like, where are you going here? (laughs) Uh, No, not taking Sark off the board yet. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is so good at X's and O's. And I think if he wanted to, he could recruit. I don't think he wants to. I think that that's why he's in the NFL. Um and not the college ranks, because I don't think he wants to go and talk to an 18-year-old and tell them how great they are. But I, I think, think he, he could. could. I think his issue, I don't think it would be the recruiting with the parents. I think it would be the uh, intelligence of the players. Uh, yeah. How are you so good in high school, but you can't even read, you know what I mean? Like, you can't make this yeah. read correctly, and it's why we lost the football game. Mm-hmm. Why, I, why I just are feel you... like he would chew someone's ass out. Yeah. Like, why are you going off script? In college football. We don't ad-lib here. You run the play, as I call it. (laughs) I know what I'm doing. Trust me. I've been in the big game. I've not won it, but I've been there. Mm -hmm. But if you were a college running back in Kyle Shanahan's offense, you would rush for 2,000 yards. (laughs) And if you just brought Brock Purdy quarterback, you're living the dream. Like Mm -hmm. I have no athletic ability outside of making the right decision and making some good throws. Yeah, just Kyle Shanahan in the Big Ten, just kicking ass. That's what would happen. Um, for me, I'm going to stick with a, a similar Kyle Shanahan type of vibe, but I'm going to go Mike McDaniels. Mm-hmm. I think we, we see how well he's doing in the NFL and the way that he communicates with those guys, but I think if you also brought that to a college football realm and I just his demeanor and persona that he would give off to parents, they might not like it, you know, but the players would eat it up and love it like man our coach is so freaking cool he's got so much passion he's excited on the sideline he's running his mouth you know to got to players on our team to the refs you know just anything and everything that you would want a head coach as a young kid you have right there in Mike McDaniel yeah I think so too he would recruit so well like you know talking about Kyle Shanahan like would he want to put up with the nonsense I think Mike McDaniel would excel at recruiting I mean, just 
I know we talk about it a lot. Just bumping into him before and having a conversation with him. He's a cool dude. Yeah, like I think kids would, 18-year-olds, high school kids would be like, yeah, I want to go play in his offense because it would be exciting too. Yep, and then with me up again, I'm going to go a little, maybe it seems a little crazy just some of the coaching names, but this one right here, uh, I think he would be okay to move him and his family one more time to the next <laughs> level. That's Brian Kelly. This is yeah. a guy who we have met before and talked with, and this dude, I mean, he turns on the charm. Like, there's a reason he's had success. Um, and he had success in Notre Dame. There's a reason he's had quick success at LSU as well. You know, the, the wins haven't necessarily been there as consistently, but you give him a couple more years there, like, LSU is going to be scary because this dude is a, is a heck of a human being and a pretty good football coach as well. And I think he could do both levels because – you know, some people might read through it in the NFL, but I think he would know to flip the script and go, okay, hey, like these are grown men. I don't necessarily have to have the charm on. I just need to be a football coach, and I think he'd be just fine. Yeah, I think so too. That's that's a good pick by you because I kind of forget about Brian Kelly. Yeah. And he's just – He did that weird little dance at LSU, and that kid ended up committing at what, like Alabama? <laughs> Everyone was like <laughs> – yeah, we're done with you. And then you get this fake accent for uh-huh. you and your family. And, yeah, it was like, yeah, this dude's a fraud. But he's not. He's just a good He's a good football coach. Yeah. Uh, next up for me, uh, I want to hit the college ranks. I do, but I don't want to take Nick Saban. I, so I, I'm going to pull the trigger on Sark. I'm going to put him Ooh. here at number three. A lot of the reason why is because I think he's just so good offensively that I'm almost surprised that the NFL hasn't taken – a run at him again. I, I I hope it doesn't happen, but like this yeah. off season, could an NFL team be like, hey, we want to fix our offense? The Chargers. You know, we've got a quarterback here. Come fix our offense. I think he could do it. I, that offense is going to work in any league, NFL, college football, whatever. He just he seems so much smarter than everybody else offensively that I think he could do it in the NFL as well, and I think he spent some time in the NFL before. He was with Atlanta for a little bit, and I think right. he went to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was with Atlanta the year they went to the Super Bowl because then when uh, Shanahan took the job in San Francisco, yep. I think Sark became the OC in Atlanta, and Matt Ryan had a better year <laughs> that season than he did the year before when he won the MVP. Yeah, so I I think he could do it. I I know that that kind of comes off as a homer pick, but you're right. He was the the OC for the Falcons and then went to Alabama, and now he's the coach at Texas. His offense is just so good. And luckily for two Texas fans, he makes like $6 million a year, so that would be expensive even in the NFL realm. But I think that he could do it, and I'll stay with the college game for my next pick, and I'm going to go with Lane Kiffin. Because he's he's another guy that just feels like he knows so much more about football, and at least offensively, than anyone else. And he has had a, a run in the NFL, but I think he's so much more mature now. Yep. And, and he's not super mature. But he almost got I like, think... the opportunity too soon. <laughs> like, yeah. The only reason he got the job with the Raiders is because the guy they interviewed wouldn't shut up about him. And they're like, well, why don't we just interview and hire him? Like, you know who oh, that guy shit. was, right? <laughs> was it Sark? It was. Dumbass. 
Just kidding. You're yep. a smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I do. I think that maybe Lane Kiffin, I think you're right. He, maybe he got that job a little bit too soon and was riding a little bit too hot after the USC days. Um, he made some mistakes along the way, and I think that he is kind of – Matured a little bit. I know he still has like a young, hot girlfriend, so he's probably not too mature. But I also think he'd be a damn good football coach in the NFL. I, if he has any bit of success at Old Miss in the next two or three years, there's no way an NFL team doesn't hire him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who that is, I, you know, you never know, but it, it, it would be exciting. But he's Let's been see. around for forever, he's been coaching for a long time. Uh, he was the head coach of the Raiders in 2007. So he's been coaching for a minute. He's only 48 years old. Like, he's still a young coach. Dang. So, like, the Do, maturity uh, issues were there. <laughs> but he was young. Like, he was younger than I was. <laughs> so how was he? How old was he then when he was with the Raiders? He's like 30 years old. Yeah, that's... <laughs> What the, what the Raiders thought they had Sean McVay all of a sudden? Get out of here. His hair's yeah. shaggy. It ain't gelled up. There ain't no professionalism there. Uh, random tidbit here. Andy Reid retires in two years. Lane Kiffin, a possibility, a guy you're interested in? Maybe. Maybe. Offensive He's mind. done a really good job at Ole Miss. I, I think that they'll probably go NFL guy. It, it doesn't seem like they would dip into the college ranks. But in, like, two years, who knows what happens with Ole Miss. Yeah. Like, if they're in the college football playoff, if they're winning in the SEC, maybe. Maybe take a chance on him. I know that's a, a wild hypothetical, but just putting that out there, just curiosity to see if maybe Lane Kiffin and Patrick Mahomes could have some fun. Okay, now that I'm back up, though, two more picks here. I'm going to go boom, boom. I think I'm going to do Mike Vrabel. Um, mm. We've seen the success that he's had with the Titans. That's a great but pick. I think he wasn't he with Ohio State before yep. uh, coming to the NFL, and then he went to Houston, and then he got the job in Tennessee. Yep. I think this is a guy who has that personality that you want as a college head coach, but you know he's going to have that great personality on in the living room and on the couch. And you see a couple memes um, on social media was like the you know this is the coach that came in and sat in your living room, and now this is the coach that you have like in the season. Totally different people. I think he fits mm-hmm. that image perfectly, but. Again, I that would be a lot of fun. And then the last one, I'm kind of in a mix on. Do I want to go with the guy? I'll just throw two names out here. Pete Carroll is <laughs> the the last one. But also, is, is it Dan Lanning in Oregon? Mm-hmm. I think he would be a, a good NFL coach as well. So yeah, we've already I seen thought what about he's him. done in Oregon. But I think he just seems like one of those guys that would be a cool, calm, collected, but fun and energetic coach in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, if you take Dan Lanning, I'm definitely taking Pete Carroll. Okay, you go for it. Yeah, but that will round it out as our final picks. Because uh, I did, I almost put Dan Lanning too. Because he's just doing so well at Oregon. And his defense is going to play uh, in the NFL. And he's done a good job too. Like, you look at Oregon, they're offensive power. So I think also his just ability to evaluate talent and say, I'm going to figure it out. Like, right, I can... <laughs> I might not know offense, but I can find a guy that does know offense. Um, and he'd be very good at that, too. And like I said, to end it, I'll take Pete Carroll because he has done it. He he built that USC program. We're talking about guys like Sark and Lane Kiffin. Mm-hmm. He found them. And he's doing it in the NFL as well. Like um, He is pretty much what everybody wanted Nick Saban to be. 
And he's excelling. And then, you know, Jim Harbaugh would be a good pick, too. He's done it at both levels. This whole segment started because of him, and neither of us took it. Nope. <laughs> you took his brother. I took his brother. <laughs> um, he would be a good pick. He's done it. He's done it well. Uh, he's just he's such a weirdo, though. I don't really like Jim Harbaugh. So yeah. I went with his brother, John. Uh, then Kyle Shanahan, Steve Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin, and Pete Carroll. I think I have a type outside of John Harbaugh, and it's just the arrogant offensive guy. Uh, mm-hmm. That's my type of coach, where yours is more – you're just kind of all over the place. A little bit. <laughs> I kind of like it, though. <laughs> yes. We're going to drop a pass, run a mile. Um, some other names, though, that I had on the list in case we got there, Nick Sirianni, Sean McVay, mm-hmm. Kirby Smart. Uh, that was a name mm-hmm. that we didn't say. And then Ryan Day. Um, those were the last four or five that kind of rounded out my yep. list. In case you those are some names I was thinking of, too. So. Um, especially Sean McVay. I, I wonder how he would do with recruiting, but he's also so young. He's, just, he's so good. Like, you would run something on him, and, and three years later he would burn you with it. Um, so he, w- he would be so good as long as he could recruit. Dan Campbell, he could recruit yes. for oh sure. God. Yeah. For sure he could recruit. Um, and then Kirby Smart was another one that I was thinking of, but he's just he's such a good recruiter and players coach. I don't know how much of his is like, scheme-wise that he's good. And that is not a knock on Kirby Smart at all. Because if I'm building just a college program, he's going to be a top five choice for me. But I don't know how much of his is recruiting and player development versus scheme. And like I said, not a knock on him. He's very good in the college ranks. Uh, another guy that I think would do well in his first year head coach in the NFL, D'Amico Ryans. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was he's got a lot of too. young guys on, a, on his offense right now and defense and They've been playing really well for him. Mm-hmm. They've just been playing really well as a whole. Uh, but I think you bring that to the college football realm too. I think you'd be a good recruiter. You know, he yeah. just—he seems like he's just kind of got that personality that people gravitate to, and, and you want to see succeed, and you want to succeed with him. And I think that'd be mm-hmm. like a really good fit in college football. Yeah, I find myself rooting for them too. They—they they play the Colts Saturday, I think. Um, I'll be rooting right. for the Texans. I want to see them make the playoffs. And, like, C.J. Stroud to be good. I'm a D'Amico Ryans fan, for sure. I think he could do it, college ranks or NFL. Yep, right there with you. Uh, boy, what a long show today. Yeah, it was. It's been two weeks since we've <laughs> talked to each other. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is going to do it for us, though. Uh, we'll be back at it next week after the national championship game, breaking that down. Uh, more of an NFL playoff picture. We'll uh, settle in on that, maybe talk – some NFL awards, who we think is going to win some things, Super Bowl previews right around the corner, and then, of course, the offseason will be here before you know it. Uh, but we appreciate you guys, as always, joining in, listening, um, getting involved with the show, whether tweeting at us, sliding in the DMs, commenting right here on call-in. But we appreciate you guys getting this podcast wherever you do listen to yours. could be Apple, Spotify, or like I said, right here in the call-in app, in the chat. We appreciate you guys. And that's it for me in Big Country. We'll talk to you guys real